You may have noticed our 11 o'clock mass looks a little bit different today. Uh, Sue, you've got some company over there. I do. Yes, we've got a number of our young people who have been willing to help lead us in song, and we're going to see that especially in our communion song and in our closing song. So thank you for being here. I'd like to thank our readers this morning. They're probably a little younger than our usual readers and in all the other ways that our youth are involved uh, at Mass today. This is kind of our kickoff Mass for uh, its Catechetical Sunday when we celebrate the way that God hands on the faith through us to the next generation. So we'll be hearing a little bit more about that after the homily. And it's also really the first, uh, kind of our inaugural, uh, just kind of repositioning our 11 o'clock Mass a little bit, that we want to have it have a little bit more of a, a youth focus. Now, does that mean that youth can't go to the other Masses? No, youth can come to any Mass they want, 4.30 tomorrow, or last night, or 8.30 this morning. Does that mean I gotta be young to come to this Mass? Nope. Um, I'll just say, Independence Village, you keep on coming, all right? So we're gonna have kind of a mixture, but I just wanted some of the things about this Mass, just to make it, I, I hope, a little more youth-friendly. And one of the pieces is, in the past, this has been the Mass after Labor Day when we've begun Children's Liturgy of the Word. And you might recall that after the opening prayer, I would invite our young people to come forward for a blessing, and then we would send them off with a catechist. And they would go downstairs, and they'd have a chance to look at, listen to the readings and then reflect on them at, at kind of a little bit more age-appropriate. Well, this past year, we weren't able to do it because of COVID, and then this year, we, I was kind of talking about, well, do we still do it or not? We thought, well, the kids don't, haven't had a chance to be vaccinated yet. We probably shouldn't send them downstairs a separate. And then we thought, well, why can't we do something right up here, right during Mass? So, boys and girls, and, and this is for whatever age you are, and however you, I want to, this is my thought for every 11 o'clock homily, Deacon Bob's preaching in a couple weeks. Take some notes here, Deacon Bob. See what you want to do. But this is my thought, boys and girls. I'm going to ask you to listen to my homily, and I hope you do that anyway, okay? But then at the end of my homily, I'm going to invite you, if you want, you can come forward, or if you want, you can remain right where you are, and we're going to take a couple of minutes, and it's going to be, I'm kind of envisioning a little bit, I don't know if boys and girls... On your drive home from church, do your parents ever say, well, what did you hear at Mass? Or what, what struck you at Mass today? And, or do you ever comment to your parents? And maybe you might say, like from I think a couple weeks ago, I was talking about breaking bread. You might say, I don't know what Father Jim was talking about when he was talking about breaking bread. What does he mean? Well, this time you get to have Father Jim. It's like I'm riding home in the car with you, okay? You're, you're going to have, we're going to have a little chance to chat about whatever went on in the homily or in the readings, and so that'll, that'll be kind of our thrust, okay? So we'll give it a try. In the gospel today, Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And then he asked, but who do you say that I am? Do you remember who answers? Peter. And Peter says, you are the Christ. Peter gets a gold star. 
he was able to identify Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one of God. Well, then what happens is Jesus then tells the disciples what kind of Messiah he's going to be. He says, the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. How did that sit with Peter? Peter, at that point, takes Jesus aside and it says, began to rebuke him. Now, what does that mean? Well, it could be Jesus, Peter was just kind of like a friend of Jesus and just saying, gee, Jesus, I sure hope that you don't get rejected and suffer and die. Maybe he was just saying nice things to his friend. Or I think maybe Peter was thinking, hmm, Jesus is the holiest guy I know. And I thought if, you, if you're holy and if you do good things, that means God's going to do good things to you. And what is Jesus talking about, that he's going to suffer and die? And I'm kind of thinking, Peter was kind of thinking about himself a little bit there too, when he was thinking, I'm trying to do good things for God. I hope that's going to, God's going to look out for me too. What's this suffering and dying part? How does Jesus respond to Peter? He says, get behind me, Satan. And Satan means tempter. Jesus is saying to Peter, you're tempting me to think in a way that's not right. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Jesus entered our world on a mission from God. In Jesus, God becomes a human being out of love for us. And he not only becomes a human being, but he freely chooses to give his life out of love for us, giving his, his life on the cross in obedience to God the Father and out of love for all of us. Okay? Jesus doesn't want Peter messing with the mission that's intended. All right? And then Jesus says something even more. He says, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And that's pretty radical because a lot of people back then, and I think a few people today too, they kind of think like Peter. And they kind of think, well, if I go to church and if I read my Bible and if I live a good life, nothing bad will happen to me. God's going to take care of me. Well, what Jesus is saying is, you know what? You can do all those things. You may still get sick. You may still end up in the hospital. I'm pretty sure you're still going to die. Some things that might be very unpleasant might happen to you just as part of normal life. God's not going to spare you from that. And if you're really following me, you're going to have to carry your cross. It's going to involve some sacrifice. And to me, what that means is when you really love people, it does mean sacrifice. It means giving of yourself, not just being concerned for yourself, but looking after the needs, not only of the people right around you, but also out of love for everybody everywhere. That's going to mean some sacrifice, some suffering. And so Jesus lets Peter and the disciples, he lets us know, this is what you can expect. Do you still want to be a follower of Jesus? Hmm, I think you'd better pause and think about it a little bit, okay? But here's something else in the reading. 
Do you notice how Jesus said, the Son of Man must suffer greatly, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and rise after three days. That's kind of important there, isn't it? And I don't even know if the disciples were really aware of it at the time, but later on, after they were witnesses to Jesus' resurrection, they thought, oh, and that's what gives them hope, what gives all of us hope. That's what allowed them to become followers of Jesus. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we believe that we too have the share in Jesus' resurrection, not only in the life to come, but right here on earth. We are invited to live the risen life of Christ. That's why we got this big statue up here huh? of the risen Jesus to remind us that we are to live risen in Christ. And that's what allows us to take up our cross each day because we know that in doing so, we are participating in Jesus' death and resurrection. That's what allows us to do extra things for other people. Okay, now, I want to present to you something you can do every week as a reminder of Jesus' invitation to pick up your cross and follow me. And do you remember during Lent, how on the Fridays, during Lent, we, we fasted on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, and then each of the Fridays of Lent, we, we abstained from meat. That's, we chose not to eat meat. Do you remember doing that? Okay. How many people remember when you did that, not just on the Fridays of Lent, but throughout the whole year? I'm expecting to see some hands back there. Okay, yes. You remember that? Catholics did not eat meat, any meat, any Friday throughout the year, unless it was like a big solemnity or something, okay? That's still on the books for us. Did you know that? If you look in canon law, it still speaks that Catholics are asked to fast and abstain from meat on Fridays throughout the year to commemorate Christ's passion. Christ's passion, that means his death on the cross on Good Friday. So that's what we do every Friday. Here's what changed was in 1966, the United States bishops allowed Catholics to seek alternative forms of penance on Fridays. The expectation was still there that we would do some kind of penance on Friday, but it didn't have to be giving up meat. Were you aware of that? Okay, well, I'm telling you now, all right? Might be a little late since 1966, but I'm letting you know now, all right? So we are meant to do something on Friday to, to, as an expression of, of following, uh, picking up our cross, to do some kind of penance, some side of our desire for conversion, for change, to become more like Jesus, to love others and love God, okay? Here's the thing. Can you still give up meat on Friday? Sure. And there's people that I know that never stopped, that they just continued giving up meat every Friday throughout the year. I kind of resisted that. I like meat. I like a good hamburger. So I've got a good friend of mine that always gives up meat on Friday, and I say, you go right ahead. I'm going to have my burger. But then I read a good article in America Magazine, and it encouraged all Catholics to return to this practice as a healthy blend of spiritual rigor and environmental action. And they pointed out 
More than 10 million acres of tropical forest were raised in 2020 alone, mostly to provide grazing land for livestock. Um, and that's something that, that when you look at people that tell us with, when it comes to food, in terms of what uses up the most land and energy, it seems to be meat, especially beef, okay? So giving up meat on Fridays can be one small step we can take to care for the environment, for the stewardship of the earth. So that's, I've started writing in my calendar every Friday, don't eat meat. And I invite you to consider doing the same thing. I invite us as a parish to, con con to do that, okay? As a way of expressing, accepting the cross from Jesus as a reminder, Lord, how are you inviting me to follow, pick up my cross and follow you? Okay, now, any of our young people, if you want to come up front, you can sit. There's some chairs over here. There's some chairs over here. You can sit on the floor. We're going to take about two minutes, or you can just stay right where you are. That's fine, too. But if you want to come up, come on up front, all right, for about two minutes. Somebody tell me if I get long-winded, all right? All right, now, good, you're here, and anybody else out there, you let me know. I just talked a little bit about the gospel, didn't I? Do you, any thoughts that you might have, or any questions about what I said, or what you, what you think, maybe something else you can think of about Jesus, and about his carrying the cross, or inviting us to carry the cross, can you think of anything? Okay. Well, I can think of some things. I want to ask you about uh, food. Do you like to eat? Yes. Do you like to eat meat? Yes. Do you eat hot dogs or hamburgers or things like that? Okay. How would you feel about not eating meat on Friday? It'd be kind of be okay? Yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Something to think about, yeah. And, and you don't have to, but that's something you might want to talk about as your family. I, I do want to let you know that the reason why I'm bringing it up is, yes, because I think it's a good thing to help me remind me of Jesus and what Jesus did for me, but I also think it's good for our planet. And I am guessing you are probably going to be living on the planet longer than I am at this point. I'm pretty reasonably sure of it. You know, you've got a long time in front of you. And I want to do whatever I can to help protect God's creation, the earth, so that as you grow up, you can have clean air to breathe and that you can have a planet that's not too hot and... Uh, all the other things. I want it to be a, and where there's lots of animals still out in the wild. I'd like to see you have a planet like that. And so I, I'm hoping we can take steps now to help care for our planet. All right. Any other young people or not so young people? You got any other 
thoughts about this you'd like to share? It's kind of hard with a mask, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. All right. But still, if you got something. Oh, all right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. I've heard that sometimes when people became Catholic, that was one of the hard parts. And I, I probably shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. You maybe have heard the story about the whole neighborhood was Catholic, except for one person. And that person, every Friday, would fry up a big steak. <laughs> and everybody could smell it in the neighborhood. And the neighbors all contacted the priest and said, you got to convert that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so the priest went over and talked to Charlie and said, hey, how'd you like to become Catholic? And he says, well, it's kind of tough. You know, I've always, I've always been Protestant. Priest said, well, that's all you got to do is just say, once I was a Protestant, but now I'm a Catholic. Once I was a Protestant, but now I'm a Catholic. And the guy said, okay, I can do that. And sure enough, he became Catholic. And the neighbors were just thrilled because now Charlie was not going to be grilling that steak anymore. Guess what happened that Friday? Charlie was grilling a steak. And the neighbors all went to see what was going on. You know what Charlie was saying? Once you were a cow, now you're a fish. Once you were a cow, now you're a fish. All right? So anyway, don't be trying that if you're giving up meat on Friday. All right? I'm just saying. Okay, thank you. You can go back to your places.